Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Bionic Lover, an erotic lesbian romance written by M. Christian. With Bionic Lover, acclaimed erotic science fiction author M. Christian spins a mesmerizing tale of bittersweet desire, lesbian romance, and all-too-human frailty set in a near-future San Francisco where cybernetics aren't just commonplace but the stuff of erotic dreams. It is a powerful and erotic lesbian romance exploring love, lust, and loss. Pell was lost, alone, and lonely, until Ark appeared. Fiery, enigmatic, and with a mesmerizing cybernetic eye, Ark was everything Pell needed, wanted, and most of all, desired. The next time Pell saw Ark, the eye wasn't the only thing artificial about her new lover. And the time after that, and the time after that. Each time the passionate and mysterious arc drifted into her life, Pell saw more and more of her being replaced by refined and precise machinery, and with each departure of her natural body for the artificial, Pell grew more and more terrified. One day she knew there'd be nothing left of her lover but the cold, the engineered, the bionic. Pell knew what she had to do, but the end, when it came, was worse than she ever could have imagined. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Bionic Lover. Pell remembered seeing Ark's eye. It was the first thing she'd noticed. Tourmaline, onyx, silver, and gold. It was a masterpiece watch set in a crystal sphere. The iris, a mandala of glowing gold. Her blinks were a camera shutters as imagined by the archetypal Victorian engineer who built with surgical perfection not found anywhere in Pell's knowledge. The woman's left eye was jeweled and precise, clicking softly as she looked around the gallery. As if the engineers who'd removed her original wet, grey-lensed eyeball had orchestrated a kind of music to go with their marvelous creation. A background tempo of perfect watch movements to accompany whatever she saw through their marvelous and finely crafted sight. Click, click, click. An eye like that should have been in a museum, not mounted in a socket of simple human skin and bone, Pell had thought. It should have been in some other gallery, some better gallery, allowed only to look out at to see other magnificent creations of skilled hands. Chairs splashes of reds and blues, his shallow paintings were an insult to the real artistry of the woman's eye. That's what Pell thought, at first seeing Ark, but only seeing Ark's perfect mechanical eye. Pell didn't like to remember first seeing her that way, to the technology in her face, but it felt, to her, like it had its own kind of ironic perfection to deny it. So Pell lived with the biting truth that she didn't at first see Ark because of her eye. But later right after she got momentarily lost in the beauty of Ark's implant, the woman looked at Pell with her real eye, the gray, penetrating right one, and Pell forgot about the tourmaline, onyx, silver, and gold machine. She had finally seen Ark herself, the woman, and not the simple mechanical part. Next to her, the eye was cheap junk, a collection of metal, old rocks, and wires. She wasn't Ark at first. 
she began as just the woman with the perfectly created eye. Then she was the beautiful woman. Then she was the woman who was where she didn't belong. Seeing her eye, then seeing her, Pell lastly saw her as oil, the kind of oil you'd see pooling in the street that had somehow managed to make its way into a glass of wine. Agreed, it was cheap red wine, something out of a box, not even a bottle. But still, she was oil. She didn't belong, and that was obvious despite the gallery's cheapness. She could tell, cataloging her bashed and scuffed boots, noting her threadbare jeans, her torn t-shirt, that amid clean jeans and washed and two black turtlenecks, she was a discordant tone among the harmonious poseurs in Jair's tiny South of Market studio. The woman was aware of her discrepancy. She wandered the tiny gallery with a very large plastic tumbler of vin very ordinaire stopping only once in a while to look at one of Jair's paintings, holding her wine tight enough to gently fracture the cheap plastic with cloudy stress lines, Pell watched her, started at the tall, all legs and angles, broad and strong woman with the artificial eye. She tried not to watch her too closely or too intently, sure that if she let slip her fascination, she'd scare her off, or worse, bring on an indifferent examination of Pell. Through a sad ballet of a slightly curved lip and a stare that was nothing more than a glance of the eyes, the woman would see Pell, but wouldn't. And that would be an icy needle in Pell's heart. Pell had already taken too many risks that night. She already felt like she'd stepped off the edge and had yet to hit the hard reality of the ground. Traps and tigers, beasts and pitfalls for the unwary loomed all around Pell. She moved through her days with a careful caution, delicately testing the ice in front of her, wary of almost invisible, murky fault lines. She knew they were there. She'd felt the sudden falling of knowing she'd stepped too far, moved too quickly over something that had proven, by intent or accident, not to be there. Pell didn't push on the surface, didn't put all her weight or herself on anything. But then everything changed. She'd seen Ark and her eye. The plastic cup in her hand chimed once and collapsed in on itself. Turning first into a squashed oval, the glass cracked, splintered, then folded. The white seams of stress turning into sharp fissures of breakage. The red, freed of its cheap plastic prison, tumbled, cascaded out and down onto her. Pell had worn something she knew wouldn't fit with the rest of the crowd. The official color of San Francisco, she knew, would fill the place with charcoal and soot, midnight and ebony. White, she'd decided, would pull some of their eyes to her and make her stand out. Absence of color, being alone in a room full of people dressed in all colors combined. Looks good on you. The shock of the wine on her white blouse tumbled through Pell as an avalanche of warmth flowed to her face. The decision to wear white that night had come from a different part of herself, a part that had surprised her. Now she was furiously chastising that tiny voice, the fashion terrorist who had chosen the blouse over other blacker ones. And so Pell responded, Not as good as you would, to the tall, leggy, broad-shouldered girl with the artificial eye, which was beautiful, but not as beautiful as the rest of her.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Bionic Lover. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.